Copycat, let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hey everyone, welcome to Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. I am your host, Judy Gold. And this week, we have the one and only, unbelievable, incredible, respected, just awesome acting coach to the stars, Margie Haber. And she has a new book out called Fuck Your Comfort Zone. But the you and fuck is a uh, an asterisk because God forbid you actually write fuck on the cover of a book. And it is it is sort of a life. It's like a life lesson book. You do not have to be an actor to enjoy this book or use use all the tools inside of it. It's it's really she's you you'll hear she's, you know, acting coach to Brad Pitt, uh, Tiffany Haddish, like so, just you're gonna love it so she's on this week it's part one of my conversation with her we totally hit it off like connection central so it it was real and there was a lot of time where you know we were on zoom and she would like get up and act something out it was really fun so hopefully we can post those videos um also i hope everyone had a wonderful wonderful thanksgiving i just want you to know that i made the turkey the stuffing I made carrot pudding. It's called carrot kuku, but it's carrot pudding. It's so good. Uh, and I made um, cranberry sauce for like 25 people. Okay. So don't ever say I don't do anything. Um, and it was, you know, there's a lot of people and we had fun and I fell asleep in the lazy boy. And it was, you know, the usual Thanksgiving. Although I find, I don't know about you. I find Thanksgiving like most holidays to be just fraught with anxiety and everyone has to be happy and oh my god hello and you're like oh my god what's going on and and the same conversations and but i had so much fun so elisa's family where's my elisa's family is so fucking nice and they're a lot of fun so it was fun and i ate a lot and it was delicious so but that you know like all these people post shit about, you know, all their food and everything. And I never do that because I'm always like, well, there's so many people who can't afford food or can't, you know, be with their families or they're alone or I don't know. And I just feel guilty and I don't post it. Is that stupid? I think that's kind of stupid. Anyway, also just wanted to say that I can't even believe Club Q. I don't even it's so upsetting these assaults on LGBTQ uh, spaces. I can't believe the Walmart shit. These fucking guns. I'm fucking, I don't care. I don't care. I know you have your second amendment right, but it's not for an assault weapon. It's fucking ridiculous. I can't take it anymore. This is, 
number one. This is the number one uh, cause of death among children. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like this, what the fuck? Okay, so that's that. Fuck you, Kanye. Fuck you and fuck your nasty anti-Semitic comments. I'm sick of it. The anti-Semitism, I'm really upset about Twitter. And Elon, what a fucking, he's like a two-year-old, isn't he? Like, oh, I have this new, I'm, a, I'm head of the playground now and I'm going to be a, and, and attacking Vinman. I love Vinman. I want to get him on. I want to get him, Alexander Vinman on the podcast. I love him so much. Um, I got great feedback from the Al Franken. So thank you all. And um, yeah, I don't know what else to tell you. It's cold. I don't like the cold, but it is what it is because you know what? It's November and I'm 60. I'm 60 fucking years old. I can't believe I'm 60. Elisa, the best party ever. The best party and roast ever. She is a, a keeper. Like I was going to get anyone else. Um, so yeah, that's it. I don't know what else to tell you. Um, let's see what happens this week. It's only Tuesday. So yeah, sure. Some really great things are about to happen. It's just really, I don't know. It's just sad sad what goes on in this country. Uh, but you know what? It doesn't matter because you are about to listen to one of the greatest interviews I've done. I really, you're going to really have so much fun with, with Margie Haber. So sit back, sit back, relax, and enjoy part one of my interview with Margie Haber. Ladies, gentlemen, they, thems, which I actually said that last night. I now say ladies and gentlemen, and they, thems, and I did it last night. I was interviewing Phil Rosenthal at the Stryker Center ju, 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 um, for his new book. And I said, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and they, them, and everyone started laughing. So, I mean, <laughs> I guess it's, I just, you know, I can't, well, we'll talk about that, but I can't stop. It is in my for, you know, 40 years, I've been getting on stage saying, ladies, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, or ladies and gentlemen. And and it's like to get rid of that is, you know what I need? I need Margie Haber, acting coach right. of <laughs> to the stars. You know, I would say and and uh, Margie has a spoke out. Fuck your comfort zone, which I enjoyed. And now. I think that you don't. Uh, well, I know that you don't have to be an actor to read this book. You just have to live in this world to yeah. read uh, and be interacting yeah. with other people. This is a book really for everyone. And I want you to be my acting coach. I, I'm there, Judy. What do you want to, what, what, what was your, what's your um, role that you would Oh, ladies and gentlemen, Margie Haber's here. Okay. Oh. Um, thank you, you know, Margie, thank you. Margie, I was so fascinated. I, I was fascinated by the book. And I, of course, when I first got it, I immediately went to, what page was this? I, I immediately went to the Got my book. Does your um, armor serve you? I went yeah. to chapter four. Yeah, yep. because um, as a comedian, you know, I, I you know, I I don't know if you know, I also have a book out called Yes, I Can Say That when they come for the comedians, we're all in trouble about free speech from the perspective of a comedian. You know, comedy is a weapon. It is a weapon. It is a coping mechanism. It is the truth. And since it's so powerful, you know, um, you, you know, a comedian 
really does what you say in this book, which is disarming the audience. And I related to the book on, on so many levels, which, of course, made me want to fucking fly out to Los Angeles. <laughs> um, I'm coming to New York. You don't have to fly out. Really? When are you coming? Yeah. Next week. Next <gasps> week. I, I love you. A book. I haven't been back to New York in three years because of the oh. pandemic. Oh, there is and a pandemic. Then, yeah. I, yeah, there was. Margie, Margie. Can we? Okay, can I continue, call you Margula? Can I call you Margula? Mar- I, the, my aunt Shirley from heaven is saying, "I can't believe someone actually is calling you Margula." It makes me cry. I love my aunt Shirley. Uh, well, I hope you love me after this. Um, I'll, so I'll you try. grew up. Don't try mm-hmm. that hard. All right, you All right. grew up as we know in Long Island. Mm-hmm. And can you tell me what do I have? You were born on March thirtieth. That's right. Uh, born I'm in Brooklyn. trombones. You're, yep. You look great. Uh, no, no work done. No work done. Same. My mother's jeans. That's all it is. My yeah, mother died my mother. one and a half. Oh, you're my lucky. It's my mother's uh, jeans. Yeah. My mother, um, yeah. ne- oh, wait. My mother never went in the sun <laughs> and, ha- and had beautiful skin. Even when oh. she was like in her 90s, they were like, your skin is incredible. But um, so you were born in 1946 in Brooklyn. Um, mm-hmm. your mother lived to almost 101 and she no, 101 and a half. Don't get, but, no, Judy, don't get rid of that half. 101, okay, 101 and, a half. and a half. Sorry. Taught mm-hmm. you yep. that the gift of life is love and laughter. Yes. Correct. Smart woman. Correct. Smart woman. And she, and qu- quite a beautiful woman. She was a, my mother was a concert pianist. She played in Carnegie Hall when she was nine years old. She won for Chopin. My father was wow. an opera singer. My sisters, Lois and Joan, were all, we used to sit around the piano in Cedarhurst, Long Island with the baby grand. And I was seven years old and I would stare at my sisters and my mom and dad. And my life was filled with music and love. I mean, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm such a lover because of my family. They're um, wonderful people. It's I was lucky. So, I was very yeah, lucky. you are, you are really lucky. And, it, and uh, I mean, I studied music in, uh, that was my major in college, but I'm uh-huh. not, I have no, I mean, I have to practice and practice. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, I love music more than anything else. And me too. Me too. And surround it. I mean, that's such that, you know, that just the visual of you saying, you know, being a seven year old girl, you know, watching your family sit around a piano and create art. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen anymore. Well, the- I got to say that the reason, you know, one of the many things why I became a creator, I, I, I don't call myself an acting coach anymore. I call myself a creator. I help people create. I always use music when I create a life. When we do a slice of life, I call it a slice of life instead of a scene. I always tell my students, everyone has to live in the world of music because everyone has their own music. But if you want to live the life of Margie Haber, you're going to have to go back to Judy Garland because I was obsessed with Judy Garland. I got right. to meet Judy Garland. Oh I, could, and I, I know Judy Garland. I was at her funeral. My, I was completely influenced by her. I was gay. I didn't know at the time I was gay. So everything about her, because she was so wonderful to all these injured gay people, um, made me who I am today. And if you, when you do a life, when you create a life, if you don't bring music into it, you're not living a life. Oh, so a hundred. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting. I I had Lorna Luft half half a bell. Oh, I, know I had Lorna Luft on the show. And we spoke so much about 
her mother and her mother and what a wonderful human being she was and the legacy legacy she left on on Lorna, you know, and and, you know, the shit she went through that she would, you know, it just makes so much sense that she would want to uh, embrace and and help the marginalized the yeah i, I love yeah. yeah judy garland she, when i i remember when i was young and i'd go to her concerts and i remember being in forest forest lawn and it was 1960 uh i don't know in the 60s and we stood there waiting for her to come back and saying we love love judy we love you judy and eventually she came back she sat on the edge of the of the stage we all walked over to her and she just knew how to say i'm here for you she really taught me about connection. It was being because I was gay and because I was living a secret, which is why I wrote this book a lot because I out myself a lot in the book. Who you I do, am. you and do, and I yeah, love that. I do, and I'm you know, and I'm really, I'm Jewish, I'm gay, I'm everything. And you, you know, thank you. Every time I say Jew, I forget that. Bing. Uh-huh. Uh, but everybody has their secrets, and when you when you understand that you are only as sick as your secrets. You understand that chapter you were talking about. Yes. Because, you know, Tiffany Haddish, um, the great- Oh, I have her in my notes. Yes. Yes. Tiffany, I mean, Tiffany came to me when she was homeless. Right. No, she was really, uh, she did not want to go to the drama. I am not going to the drama, Margie. I'm only doing comedy. That's all I do. And and I said, but she started to trust me. And when she started to trust me, she allowed herself to go to places that are very challenging for comics, for anyone that less a comedic person, right? Because I'm I did comedy, I did stand-up comedy in the, in the Jewish Alps and Catskill Mountains. I know how challenging it is. Thank you. Uh, but this when she came to me, she she had such an armor around her. And she said, This is what I do. Margie, don't touch that part of me. Eventually I said, I want to, I want to know who you are. I want to connect with you. And her, her sadness, her pain, her love all came through. And she I hated should also bring the bell for Tiffany. Go ahead. Go ahead. You should. And she, well, um, she has Jewish blood in her too. Yeah. And so anyway, the bottom line is that it was very helpful to her because she learned that it was okay to be vulnerable. It was okay to be open, but you have to trust yourself and trust another human being. Yeah. That, so I think you know, it's, I think it's, you know, for me, it's trusting another human being. Um, That's the truth. Uh, it's hard. It's it's really hard. hard. I love. Um, what did I want to say? I, 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 well, first of all, I love that you did stand. I think that you know, I say this to so many people that the best people who work in the stand up business, you know, own, club owner, booker, agent, whatever, are people who've actually tried it. But I have a question for you. That, sure. That, there. You know, I hear people are always like, you know, dramatic actors can't do comedy, but co- comedians can do drama. I mean, do you think stand up comedy is is a skill that will aid someone in becoming a better actor? I mean, I know you give me a comedic script. Mm-hmm. I know exactly where the laughs are supposed to be. I know, mm-hmm. and because I'm, you know, music and comedy are hand in hand. It's all about timing. Right. One yep. syllable can change, you know, mm-hmm. a, a joke. Do you think it's harder for dramatic actors to do comedy than it is for? Okay, well, 
That's a very interesting question. Nobody's asked me that question. So let me put up my thinking cap on for this nice okay. Jewish bing bell um, Yeah. I would say to you that under, it, it's an interesting question. I, I, first of all, I don't, I think I've worked with a lot of stand-up comics. I work also work with a lot of musical comedy people. So I, I did the whole show, for example, the whole cast of uh, Phantom of the Opera. And working with them because they wanted me to 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 make they wanted this production to be more intimate, and they're so used to going Phantom of the Opera, yeah, out here, da, 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 da. and I grew up with I did a musical comedy, so I know, and I did if they could see me now, that yeah. little gang of mine, sing out, Louise, yeah, that's what I did, and uh, and so I know about showing versus sharing, yes. And what I think was very difficult for co- stand-up comics and musical comedy actors is they're so used to performing they, they, that they don't know how to do what I call take a dance with another. So when you're taught to perform, which is what I was taught with the music, you know, and did civic light opera stuff, when I was taught that when I was young, no one really taught me that it's really not that. It's a, it's a conversation. So when I work with stand-up comics or I work with, uh, people that are musical theater, uh, that to, I know this is not exactly answering your question, but it's got to do with that. I help them to say, okay, it's about the listening is just as, as important as the talking. And most people don't listen. And when you're doing stand up comedy, you're just like, get the jokes, got the jokes. Here we go. So I just worked with somebody who, uh, uh, her name, um, is Fiona Goodwin and she's actually a lesbian and she has a, um, a show that she does, the very British lesbian. Oh, yes, uh, yes, yes, very, yes. And her Goodwin, very, would that be um, Fiona Goodwin. Abel? She's a friend of mine. Would that be yeah. a bell? No, she's a British. She's a British non Jew. Go ahead. She's okay. a Shiksa. She's, she's a Shiksa. Can you let Shiksa people on your t- show? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I oh, have shows with multiple bell ringing. If they stup sh- okay. sh- okay. sh- sh- a, sh- sh- a Jew, don't you consider that? Also oh, yeah, helpful. I, I, the bell actually, just so you know, it's really an homage to my mother, uh, rest in peace that yeah. the way I grew up, uh, I've never really explained the bell. You do bring it all out. Marge. I do. I do. Uh, Margo, Margela, um, we, Margela, we need three hours, but go ahead. Yeah. So the bell is sort of my conscience because my my parents and my mother especially taught was so proud to be a Jew. Um, and of course, you know, my parents were born in 1916 and 1922. And uh, my father served in, you know, the war over in, in London and in my house growing up, because I had older parents, all my other, all the other parents were 20 years younger than them, but she really, would all anything related to Jews, she would like we're watching TV and it would be like Jew, married a Jew, anti-Semitic, grandfather was Jewish, converted, you know, and it was she made us so aware that of our space in the world. And so I actually do it because that's how I'm I'm thinking, oh, a Jew did that or She's Jewish. And I'm, it's sort of to make other people see. Well, uh, because the world is so fucked up now. Oh, it's the, so the, anti-Semitic. It couldn't, be better, it couldn't be a better time to say hello, everybody. 
Every time I ring the bell, I am giving support and letting people in the world say, see, this Jewish person deserves to be who he is or she is today. And right. thank you for all or your contributions. Yes. And also thank you for their yes. contribution. Right. And that's what and you're saying. Thank you for their contribution. Yes, exactly. And so that is what the bell is yeah. all about. Hey, everyone, you know, one of my favorite things in life, if not my most favorite thing in life, which, yeah, it's arguably my most favorite thing in life besides my kids, and is food and eating. Eating is my favorite activity. And eating is better and easier with Factor. Factor, I'm telling you, I tried their stuff. It is delicious. It is great. It is high quality and they are, when I say ready to eat meals, they're ready to eat in two minutes. They're not frozen. They're never frozen. They're chef crafted, dietitian approved, and literally you heat them for two minutes. Every week you have over 35 options to choose from. They have calorie smart, protein plus, keto. I just did chef's choice. 60 or more add-ons that you can stay fueled up. They had these juice shots that were incredible. These are restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat when you are ready to eat. That's it. And they're really good. Elisa loved them too. There's no prep. There's no mess. I've tried a lot of these different kinds of meals. Factor is amazing and so convenient. It's so great to get home from a long day of like schlepping around and knowing you have this delicious meal waiting for you in the refrigerator that takes two minutes to heat up. And you can pause, you can reschedule your deliveries at any time. It is a great solution for those nights and days that you're looking for fast, great, delicious options with no cooking required. Okay? And factor is less expensive than takeout. So what are you going to do? Because I'm telling you, you have to believe me. I never lie. Factor is amazing. You're going to head to Factor Meals, F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S dot com slash Judy Gold 50, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, five zero. Okay. Judy Gold 50. And use code J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D five zero, Judy Gold 50 to get 50% 50% off. That's code JudyGold50 at factormeals.com slash JudyGold50 and get 50% off. It's worth it. You're welcome. Okay. Thank I'll you. just go back to what we're saying and saying to you, thank you, because I understand that. Uh, and I also think it's wonderful uh, to say this, Judy, that with all the humor that both of us do, because my the guy who works for me, Hamish, says I can't even imagine Hamish? you and Judy Gold. Hamish, he's not Hamish. He's not a Hamish a Jew. Oh God British. damn it! But that, but that, <laughs> it, what's with the Brits? That is, I know. Very Hamish British, is very a Jewish word. Okay, I know. He's a Hamish a guy. He's a Hamish yeah. a guy. I mean, I got, I, I also Hamish got all the Yiddish. Yeah, I got all the I Yiddish when I was a kid. Uh, but yeah, he said that. I said, I yeah, because we we can relate, and so we know about that. But what also is basically that's that also there's that the mask. The, the mask of humor, but underneath it is the pain that the Jews sadness. have gone through. Yeah. The sadness of people, what people are going through now. 
the love of who we are. So it's it's um it's a wonderful way to bring out that. I'm glad you shared it with everybody. You and know, I'm what? used to being the podcast person, so I have to give you that. Oh, thank you, Marjola. <laughs> I um, Marjola. I'm r- no one's called me Marjola, but my Aunt Shirley, I can't get over it. I Wait love you. I call my sisters Lois, Joan. I have I'm on Lois, Joan. Listen, my, I'm on a podcast with Lois and Joan. I just want to say that. Um, <laughs> That I am writing a show uh, about my book, about, you know, what it's like to Mm -hmm. what it was like to, you know, be able to say whatever you want now being told you can't. And so Mm -hmm. I am obsessed with humor and the Holocaust. And I just got this book about it's it's sort of a uh, an academic type book. I got it from uh, whatchamacallit, Yad Vashem. Uh, And and it's literally how all these prisoners used humor to remain a lot like the to, point to survive. to survive to, to survive to feel human to feel like a human being That's right. That's and right. and you got this book is so rich with would you, I, would you would you text it to me because i yes. because i am i am obsessed get ready i'm obsessed with holocaust books I mean, it's a crazy Mar- thing. Margela, we're like I'll sisters. I'll be in we're- New York next week. Okay. No, I mean, I am so obsessed with it. I, I have to meet you. I know. I absolutely love it. And and uh, and getting back to the British Fiona, you know, Fiona, I was telling you about that. Yes. Is that she she has a stand-up comment. I've been working, I've worked with her on her show. I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to help you too, Judy, if you ever want me to. Yes, I do. I was, I'm trying to. Trying to lay the seeds. Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah, I can see. So I worked. I worked with her, and the, one of the big things that I helped her with is silence, and allowing other people to receive. Because we're so, it's so easy to keep it going, but then to literally have silence that is very frightening to many people. Oh, and just letting that be. Comedian, you know, right. it's funny that you say that. I because mm-hmm. when you were talking about you know co- comedians becoming actors, and I purposely started taking acting classes and took them all through. Yeah. I went to HB and I, I studied with Steven Strimpel and um, I, I constantly took acting classes while I was doing standup because I wanted to have that skill. And, you know, it is the listening. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, that that really can make you a better comic. Um, yeah, it is. And, and sure. I'm, I'm not, I mean, I, maybe it's cause I've been doing it for so long, but I'm not afraid of silence anymore. And I think cause I've done dramatic theater and stuff that I, you know, I'm not afraid of it anymore, but it is, it's, you know, when you're control, I mean, it's great to control the laughter, but when you're controlling the silence, I mean, it's, there's nothing, there's nothing more powerful. Yeah. Right. You you know, yeah, well, I think what's powerful, you know, in in my book, I talk a lot about control, letting go of control, my first chapter. And uh, I find that it's so difficult because we all want to do it perfectly. We all do it, want to do it right or do it well. I teach, whether it be an actor or a person getting up to do a speech or a corporate person about the opportunity of mistakes are your friends to embrace your imperfections, to how beautiful it is when people fuck up. I mean, because when you do that, you're human. Why do we wait to the end of a movie 
to show the you want to see those outtakes. Yeah. yeah. But people, but you know, actors have been trained to dot their eyes, cross their teeth. I have this guy, and one of the things I'm doing is coming to New York to also visit my student who's on a new series called Girls in the Bus. He's not Jewish, okay, no bells, but what a guy, Brand, Brandon Scott. Um, and I work with him twice a week now that he's he's in New York. But here's a guy, he's in my book, who talks about his fearful child. Because my favorite part of the book, if I might say, Judy, or at least one of them, is the five voices, that the five ego states. You know, I mean, there's the nurturing parent, the critical parent, the fearful child, the playful child, and the adult. And it's so easy to get stuck in the fearful child and to hear that voice so loud. And so easy for the critical voice, the critical parent's voice to get too, way too loud. So the only way to help that is to raise the nurturing parent voice and to raise the uh, adult and the um, playful child. And he is a very successful actor. He was on the series Dead to Me, Goliath, now the series. And he still, like all actors, suffers from Am I Enough? You know, is it okay to not make mistakes? And you should, the way he, it's so beautiful, Judy, to see people all of a sudden realizing, wow, I actually like that. I like making mistakes. It makes right. me human. It right. Human. I, and, and, and uh, you know, when I do it on stage, I think it's hilarious. And the it audience is. loves me more for it. Like, I'm like, Always. can you believe I just fucking said that? Um, Marjola, you, um, Dirdala. you started out actually in the business uh, as an actress at 24, um, wanting to be discovered. And in 1968, you went to a private session with a voice coach. Oh, should I tell that story? Yes. And one of my favorite stories. I love this story. Okay. I shall tell the greatest story at wait, I have something else. And we're going to talk about, I want, I want to make sure we talk about how, when I came out of the closet, Yes. On stage in 1996 and how it Mm -hmm. completely changed the trajectory of my career. But I would never I couldn't I couldn't sleep. So that that whole that whole idea of being in the closet and secrets and stuff. But I love the story about you. It's okay. Oh, don't don't tell who it is. Okay. I'm not saying. Okay, don't 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 okay. So um, it was actually 1969, I think. Or maybe oh, my God. Right. I have done so much research on you. God damn it. I know. Very good. 68. Very good. Okay. So right. it could be 68. I think I, right. I think I don't know. Anyway, it was during that time. I, was, I, was finished, I went to Ithaca College, and I graduated Ithaca College, and I went to, then I went to Brooklyn Graduate School in speech pathology and audiology. So I was... Um, and you developed the Haber phrasing. That's... Yes. It's another whole thing. Yes. So anyway, um, so I had this friend, Jeff, and he said to me, uh, I need to change my singing lesson. Would you mind changing it with me? And as whatever force you believe in God or whatever. Right. Is Jeff Jewish, by the way? Yes, he is. Hit the the bell. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so sorry. I should have told you that. My my bad. Anyway, so he says, "Okay, um, I'll go to go to uh, I'll I'll switch with you. So I, I went to New York. And I'm always obsessively early. I cannot stand being late. So I get in and there's this, in 1968, 69, <laughs> there is this woman, she looks so familiar to me. She's beautiful, black, gorgeous woman. And she says, hi, um, I'm Mary Wilson from the Supremes, Diana Ross's Supremes. She didn't say Diana Ross. She, I'm right. Mary Wilson. I knew who Mary Wilson was. <laughs> I went, yeah. oh, oh hi, 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 Mary. 
So so nice to meet you. My, my favorite group was Diamond. Okay. And where was this in the studio? Like, are, is she leaving a studio? She singing, no, she was, she was at a, she was at my singing lesson, Teddy Hall lesson. What Teddy Hall was a very unusual singing coach. Okay. She was very, very heavy. She would sit on your stomach and you'd put a bottle in your mouth and you go, ah, and then no, so to teach you. you how to use your diaphragm. Uh, breathe. Yeah. To yeah. Use and so Mary was on the floor going, ah, <laughs> and I was laughing because of course that's, so that's the movement. first image you have of her. That's the first image is of this, Mary. this heavy woman sitting on her stomach. Yeah. yeah okay. Yes. Hilarious. Yeah. Not Jewish, Teddy, not Jewish, yeah. Mary. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll ring for her anyway, because I right. love her so much. But um, so she said, so would you like to hear my new song? I said, oh, yeah. She said, come on in. And I said, okay. She starts singing. You're just too good to be true. Oh. Can't take my eyes off of you. You'd be like heaven to touch. I want to hold you so much. That's how sexy she was. And I'm going, oh my God, come sing with me. She said, oh, I'm going to be at the, um, I'm going to be at the Waldorf uh, tonight. Uh, would you like to come here? Diane, Cindy, and myself. Uh, yeah. So Teddy and I went together and that was the beginning of our friendship that became one of the most beautiful friendship, 56 years of friendship. Judy, I can't even tell you. Uh, it's very hard for me because she died last year. Right. And uh, we were friends for 56 years. Uh, let wow. me show you a picture. This is us when we were young. Check this out. Oh, my God. Many pictures. That of pictures is I have, but... such a great photo. I know. And uh, yeah, that was when she was at Caesars. And, you know, we're, I mean, what she did, what she Beautiful. said to me. I mean, so, you know, she became my best friend. And she said, why don't you move to California? Oh, no. What happened was she said, uh, come, come here. The Supremes are coming to an end. Diana Ross Supremes. Why don't you come to here? Come to the last two weeks of my show. And I was a speech therapist in Roosevelt Long. I took the time off. I went to to uh, Vegas and I was there every day. So what we did every day is that they would do they would do the show till two in the morning at the Frontier Hotel, 1969. That's what's it's, it's a borderline six. I got you. I got you. And um, afterwards, we would gamble till four in the morning. Then we'd sleep from four in the morning till three in the after whatever one in the afternoon. And this would be the way it would be. And I'd be sitting there with Barry Gordy at the at the at the um, oh blackjack God. table, blackjack table. Barry Gordy, George Hamilton, Diane. We, we don't call her Diana. Diana Ross, Diane. Cindy and Mary, myself, that would be our table. And this would be every night. And it was, and then she said to me, why don't you move to California? I said, I can't move to California. I don't have the money. You'll live with me. So I was, Oh my God. So I said, okay, okay. So I'm living with home. I'm living home in Long Island in Hewlett with my parents. I was 23 years old, just finished, you know, graduated. Thank you. Um, Got my, getting my master's at Brooklyn graduate school. And so I said, just finishing up my master's. And she said, I said to my mother, I'm going to go for the summer to live with Mary. And I said, okay, they were so wonderful about it. Have a great time. Because I thought there was only going to be the summer. And what a summer it was, Judy. I mean, the first time I get there, what happens? I see this, uh, the, the, a week later, I was invited to the Clint Eastwood tennis tournament. What? So wait, wait. I In Pebble you, Beach tournament. You go, all right. So from that lesson... She's like, come see my show. And then you bond after the show. And it just, oh, she comes, just- she'd come, yeah, but she, we should come in every three months. She'd stay 
with me in Long Island. Oh my hmm. God. The Did- only black person that was ever in my house was my, was my, cleaning. Oh my God. That's, there's not a black woman that no, there's no black people in Hewlett or Cedars. Wow. Or no, not even a non-Jewish person. I mean, it was like, uh, that's oh. awful, but so terrible. You know, I love my liquid IV that I drink liquid IV pretty much every day. And I love it because it keeps me hydrated. I travel with it because it's in little packets. It tastes great. It's an amazing product. It hydrates better than water alone, three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks, eight vitamins and nutrients, non-GMO. But here's the best part. You know, I've been bragging about Ben, my son, Ben, who plays basketball. His team, his entire team, they love Liquid IV. I mean, they are number four in the nation. They are an amazing team. They've done better than ever this year. Dare I say it's because of the Liquid IV? I'm not going to say for sure, but I'm telling you, these athletes love Liquid IV. They love all the flavors, strawberry, lemonade. I love the watermelon. I never give them any of my watermelon. They have sugar-free, white peach, green grape, lemon, lime. It makes you feel great. And if you need a little caffeine, the, the uh, lemon ginger is beyond, beyond. And I know they use it while they're working out. I'm pretty sure they might use it after a game that they won and went out and had, you know, a couple of drinky poos. But that being said, I love Liquid IV. They're a great sponsor. They're a great product. And I honestly couldn't live without them. And it's winter still. You need to be hydrated. Hydration is very important. So weekends are for going wild, as you all know. Have a game plan for Monday. That's what you need. I just had this conversation with Ben's girlfriend. I said, if you're going to go out and party, you need a game plan. And what's your game plan? Liquid IV. Weekends are for going wild. Have a game plan for Monday with Liquid IV. Grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code JudyGold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Superior Hydration today using promo code JudyGold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at liquidiv.com. You're welcome! So you go out there. I mean, you're so young. Are you pinching yourself? Are you like, oh my God, is this really fucking happening to me? I, you know what? It, it, it was, I don't know, Judy, no one's ever asked me that before too. I'm, I'm loving this interview. I think we, oh, you and I should you. get married, but okay. I'm married. I'm, I, by the way, I'm married. I have a woman. Yeah, I have, a, I have, I have a Lisa. Is she we'll Jewish, your girlfriend? No, she's a shiksa. What? what? I'm very I upset. Know. I know it's very sad. What about my son? son? All right. Very Jewish. Okay. Michael. Michael. Okay. Anyway. All right. Go ahead. So, um, were you like, I was very, I, I, I think I was in such a high because I don't think I thought about it. I If I thought about it, I wouldn't have gone. It would have been too scary. I was, I, I fucked my comfort zone. From the moment I was young, I didn't have anything else to worry about. I was, I didn't have any children. I didn't have, it was the freest time of my life. So when right. I, when I went there and, and it was like a snowball effect and here I go to 
Clint Eastwood tennis tournament and there is Clint Eastwood and there is James Gardner and there are all these. And then I, and then people come over to the house, the temptations, the four tops, we take our little drugs. I can't. And then, right. And then I danced with Michael Jackson when he was 10 years old and I threw him in the pool and he, you know, it was, it was surreal. It was surreal. And played poker with Dionne Warwick and Leslie Uggams and Nancy Wilson. I love Me. Leslie Uggams. I just did a show with Leslie Uggams. She's the classiest. Oh I God. love her. Yeah, very, very classy. We, we, it was just a time. Judy, Married to where, Jew. Married to Jew. Yeah, yeah. Thank goodness. It was, um, it was just a time where I, I tell my story. I tell my students, it was a time of my life where 24 hours were 38 to 40 hours. Later on in my life, I became an owner of a studio. I became an obsessive teacher. I have a child. My whole life has been about how can I take moments for myself? You know what I mean? So I get two hours a so, day instead of 24. So I'm curious as to. Mm-hmm. Here is um, good. That's my thing. Yes. As to, you know, I mean, I have a son who's 26, a son who's oh. 21 and I and two sons, uh, oh, both good. Jewish. Um, and. You know, I remember being, you know, 24, 20, you know, I remember that age. I, I, I assume that had you been 10 years older, none of this would have happened. You would have been, but I, I also want to know it, how your like, I can't imagine calling my parents up and Uh saying, right. You know, I'm, I'm living with Mary Wilson. Uh, I just (laughs) went to the. I just went to the Clint Eastwood tennis. Uh, uh, oh, oh I'm, I just, Pebble oh, Beach. what'd you do? What'd you do last night, Modula? Uh, oh, I went to, uh, I was gambling with, uh, I was gambling it's with surreal. Mary Gordy and Diana. Yeah, yeah, what? Yeah. What? <laughs> what did you eat? What? What? I just, what, what? Did you eat with them? What did they, I, I can't even like. It's- it's surreal. It's a surreal. But it's also experience. like surreal. I would think, like I would think, because I'm so young. Oh, yeah. this is how showbiz works. That it just keeps going on like this and on like this. Uh, which I know better now. That yeah. It, did you? It, so you never thought about like, why is this happening to me, or do I deserve this? Mm-hmm. Or hold on, let me let me th- let me think about that. That's a good question. Another good question from Judy. I'll ring the bell every time you do a good question. Okay. 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 That was like three good questions. And, and, and um, I was in such awe. You know, there's this nice Jewish girl. Bing, 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 Bill. Nice Jewish girl who, <laughs> uh, you know, who never, I never, never even met a black person before. I mean, that's how sheltered I was and how unfortunate I was that it right. was such a prejudiced growing up area. Right. Uh, and here I am with the, with every you know, I, I dated Eddie Kendricks for about 15 minutes in between. Yeah. Before. Yeah. Wow. I, my whole, but it was really, it's my whole life was just so, I didn't think I had time to think about it, except thinking, my God, soak it in. This is the most incredible time right. of my life. Right. All right. I, I think, I think that I had a smile on my face for many oh, years. Oh, I'm sure. But when you came home to see your family, uh, while oh, well, you were so let experiencing me tell you, let this, me tell you what happened? Yeah. Well, let me tell you because what happened is during this. I, I remember I thought I was going to go home, so I thought this was all just going to be a summer temporary. Yeah. Temporary. I had a job in Roosevelt, Long Island, to go back to be a speech teacher there. Uh, 
and I, and I love working with kids. I, I, I was, to me, it was a summer thing. So I didn't have any fear based on it. It was uh, a, a fuck uh, your comfort zone experience for a summer. Right. And then as the summer progressed and the eve that went, went along, uh, I decided, well, I'll just go. And I loved it. I love California. I mean, how could you not love it? I missed my mother every, my, my parents, my mother. I've missed my parents every Sunday, every Sunday. I cried. Oh, I always cried for them because I'm very, very close to my family. So, and my sisters, very, very close. But I was in this incredible, I didn't think about the consequences of not seeing them. I was too young to think about that, right? I didn't know what it would mean like to move 5 billion miles away. So I, I went on this uh, this interview, uh, which was such a fascinating interview in Culver City School District with this woman, Keith, Mid- Keith Mitchell. I didn't have a bra. I never wore a bra during that time. I was completely a rebel. And she and uh, and I and she I, and I had this great, great conversation with her. And then we ended and I figured I'd never get the job because I was so out there. So crazy. I was much crazier than I am today, but I'm still crazy. So I'm getting ready to go to leave. I figured I'm leaving in three days. I had a nice interview. I said goodbye to Mary. I said goodbye to my friends. I said goodbye. It was a great life. I'm going to call my mother. I'm coming home. Keith calls me. She says, I talked to the board. I want you. I convinced them to hire you. You start blah, blah, in two weeks. So here I was starting in Culver City, canceled my, my thing in Long Island. And then I told my parents I wasn't coming home. But what I was didn't, that phone didn't call like? All right, well, ready? Hello. Hi, mom. Um, so, Marge, how gonna... are you? What did you eat? What did you eat? What did you eat? I had some chopped liver. Oh, terrific! Okay, good. I love my chopped liver. So I'm. Uh, it, it 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 all fell into place, which I didn't think it would be. It looks like I've got uh, a job in Culver City School District, um, District and I'm going to be here. Yeah. Um. It's so how. Uh... What's, wait, what's <laughs> what was your father's name? Murray. Murray, Murray, pick up the phone. Murray, get on the phone. It's Marge. Okay. God, we have to well, do this at least so, four hours. <laughs> I could do. So, hello, Murray. She she's She just said she's moving to, uh, she's not coming. What? She's not coming home, Murray. (laughs) Murray, she's not coming home. Wow. So were they upset? Okay, I will tell you something funny because you actually did the story. Your reaction was more the reaction of when I came out to my parents when I was 33 years old. Oh, okay. Oh, that's That's, another phone call. That's a whole conversation. (laughs) That's a whole other phone call. That's That's not a phone call. It was in person. But they did not do that. They were very, we love you. We want what's best for you. We're, we, I'm sure they were dying inside because it was so. And this is 1979. We're talking. No, 1969. No, you came out to them. I thought you were. No, 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 Go, go, go back. I'm I'm talking about. Oh, okay. No, I'm talking about when I moved, when I moved. Right. right. When you moved was 69 and then 10 years later. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that. But the, yeah. when I was six, 1969, when I said I'm moving, 1970, yeah. when I when I moved, right, that's their reaction. Their reaction was very much, they did not want to put this on me. They wanted me to be happy, and they knew it was a great opportunity for me, and they loved me so much that they were willing to 
to let me go. That's that was pure unconditional love, quite honestly. So you're a That's Jew, different. Jew without the critical parent, which is interesting. Okay. Well, no, um, I have a, I have my own huge critical parent. Right. But they did not, they did not give me Jewish guilt for that. But we're not finished with my life. That, no, they no. didn't. Thank you so much for listening to part one of Kill Me Now with Margie Haber. So smart. So interesting. Part two is amazing, too. Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmeling. This podcast would not be possible without the help of Brittany Jo Sowards, who does everything else for me. Well, it's just Brittany Jo Sowards Richmond, because she married a Jew and now her name is hyphenated. If you haven't subscribed or left a review, please do so. Five stars. Five stars. Get my book. It's going to be Hanukkah Christmas. Yes, I can say that. When they come for the comedians, we're all in trouble. And you're in trouble if you don't, you know, either listen to it or buy it. It's a great book. Also, check me. I'm still on Twitter. I don't know where the fuck to go. I don't know where to go. Can someone help me? I'm on Insta. I'm on TikTok. Uh, at Judy Gold, J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D, because I'm Jewish and I'm proud to be a Jew. And fuck you, Kanye, you fucking asshole. And we should give him more attention, don't you think? We should really give him more attention. Anyway, let me tell you my dates. Oh, I forgot to tell my dates in the beginning. Fuck. Okay. So coming up, hold on. Let me look. I'm at B-Side Comedy this Saturday in Scarsdale, but that's sold out, so don't come to that. I am at the Chosen Comedy Festival on December 14th. That's in Miami Beach. Then I am at the... uh, the Boca Black Box in Boca Raton on the 15th. I think that's the 15th. Check it out. Go to bocablackbox.com. I am doing Christmas Day at Stand Up New York. Stand Up New York, Christmas Day. Two shows, four and seven. Get your fucking asses there. You know you want to get away from your family. It's on the Upper West Side. It's going to be a really fun show. Just come and laugh. Oh, I'm at uh, Sellersville, Sellersville, Pennsylvania on January 21st. And I'm at the DC Comedy Loft January 26th to 28th. And that's it right now. I have other gigs, but I can't even, I can't read this calendar. It's too annoying. Anyway, so thank you all so much. I, I don't know who's listening to the end, but if I just updated my phone and I really fucking hate the new font on the on the time like I'm like I'm blind oh uh, uh visually impaired and um let's see uh let's see who listened to the end I I have been getting by the way I've been getting a lot of people who listen to the end I just want to say that I know a lot of you listen to the end of the Al Franken episode because you love Al Franken but I have people who've been listening to the end since before Al Franken and I love you a little bit more than the other people um, but I'm glad you, thank you for listening to the end. Let's see. Did I do, uh, I want to do a shout out listening to the end. I don't know who I did last week, but I'm going to shout out Michelle Abramson. Thank you, Michelle. I might've done her. So I'm going to do two. I'm going to do Michelle. I'm going to do Krista Halpin. I'm going to do three. Okay. Because I don't know if I did these and I have to keep better track of them. And I'm going to do Dana. Who's at Harry Doles, D-O-L-Z. Thank you for listening to the end. I love you all. What do you get? Nothing, because I don't have anything to give you. But at some point when I start making some money from this, we're going to have merch and I'm going to give it to you. 
I should have merch anyway, right? I have kids. I can't with afford the, all this shit. All these people like, oh, I'm going to pay for this. And then uh, uh, I can't sell it. And uh, uh. anyway, I've been congested, but I'm feeling better. And I think it's because I put the humidifier seat. The, the, I set the humidifier to really high on my CPAP machine. So I'm not doing that anymore. But I do love my CPAP machine because I don't snore anymore. Anyway. I don't, I don't know what else to tell you. I, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. I love you all. And um, I can't wait to uh, talk to you next week. And uh, have a wonderful week. And stop hate. Stop it. I love you. And as we always say, so long.